I know that's the song you wanted to hear. It is Friday, November 26th. It is a gorgeous day outside. And my name is Adrian Morrell. This is the first test episode of the Bold Choice Show. I'm still getting used to this whole podcast stuff, figuring out exactly you know what to use and how to talk. For the purpose of this test episode, we're going to talk just Canucks. For future episodes, I will have a series of things that I want to talk about, but I will incorporate your feedback. I'll ask for suggestions, and I will, you know, tackle all of those and try to make it something that is worth listening to for you. But for this one, we're going to dive into what is chaotic on and off the ice for the Vancouver Canucks. Where do we begin? Do we start... Back in 2013, where that was the beginning of our downfall, do we start the beginning of this season when there's a lot of optimism, or do we move a little closer to where we are right now and figure out how it impacted us this season? Going back to November 11th, we were in Denver, Colorado. For a road matchup against the perennial cup contenders, the Colorado Avalanche, we hadn't been playing at a at a high level um, up until that point. You know, we had a few wins, we had beat Seattle in their in their home opener. That was definitely something that you know we take pride in. But going into Colorado, it was going to be a tough test, but. You know, we have a good team. We can probably, you know, keep up with them. That couldn't be further from the truth. We lost 7-1. And that essentially was the first domino to fall that just led us to where we are today. Um, the second game of the weekend, we go into Vegas um, on Saturday night, you know, yeah, 7-1 doesn't look good, but we can probably play better. Vegas has been playing, you know, the way they normally play. They've had a lot of injuries. This was our chance to go in, start off with a lot of energy, a lot of intensity, and just, you know, steal, you know, two points from Vegas. And it looked that way for most of the game. We were winning 2 nothing, at, you know, the first period. And, you know, we were playing well. Neil Soglander was playing unreal. Um... And then we go into the third period. I believe it was 4-4. It could have been something different. And we took a series of penalties that just crushed any momentum that we had. And that was the beginning of what eventually would become a 7-4 loss for us. So if you're keeping track, that's now two losses in a row. Which isn't even the bad part of that, you know, that weekend. That was the... 14 goals that we had allowed in two games, back-to-back seven goal losses. And now we're going into the tail end of a back-to-back against Anaheim. So, you know, we lose 7-4 Saturday night. You know, pack your bags, head to Anaheim for a matchup against the Anaheim Ducks, who have been really confusing. Um, You know, they're meant to be a rebuilding team. I believe that's what they're supposed to be. Yet they are, you know, winning games. They're they're looking like a good young team, which 
has made, you know, most Canuck fans really jealous that, you know, they're actually having a successful rebuild, you know, and things are looking good for them. So we go into that game, we lose 5-1, you know, there's not a lot of people who are really focused on that, you know, people are kind of, you know, checked out, um, it's wasn't the best weekend um so there's that and then essentially after that game you know everyone's pulling out their pitchforks especially on twitter you know people are going crazy you know why have we allowed 19 goals in three games and why is you know no coach or or you know anyone in the front office you know fired yet you know what is what is it going to take you know for Aquilini or anyone to really take action and people were saying um that you know something needed to happen you know people were getting fed up it, it was too early into the season for us to to be having this talk about you know firing people or or even thinking of you know hypothetical trades um and then you know the next few games that followed you know we play at Colorado again we play them at home uh which should have given us an advantage and we lose 4-2 you know so it's a bit of an effort uh improvement and then we go into a friday game against winnipeg we win that 3-2 and then we go into a sunday afternoon game against chicago um so that was what most people thought was going to be a a win for us um and we definitely played well i was at the game i saw you know an immense effort and there was a lot of parts in between where you know we look kind of sluggish but for the most part especially that second period we had a lot of chances and that game easily could have been you know a 2-1 win or a 3-1 win for us um we played really well and we got shut out one nothing to Chicago so that was that and then we hit back on the road and our most recent game we play against Pittsburgh so 4-1 loss um and then after that game, uh, I think that's when Canucks Twitter got a little, little bit outrageous. Um, and for those people that don't know Canucks Twitter or what I refer to Canucks Twitter as, it's essentially you know Canucks fans who are on Twitter, you know who follow certain journalists, certain you know insiders, and then just fans you know following each other. Um, and you don't even have to follow certain people. Like, you probably just see it based on, you know, the the topic. You know, if you're really, you know, following a lot of, you know, Canucks-related accounts, you're going to see, you know, a certain tweet that's, that's starting to go viral. And, you know, you just like tweets and you see a lot of suggested accounts and all that. So, essentially, after the game, there was a post-game show um, hosted by a few of uh, Canucks Twitter's finest and there was a lot of outrageous stuff that was being said. You know, the most obvious things that were being said were, you know, fire green, fire betting. You know, that's that's normal. You know, when your team's struggling, especially having such an underwhelming month, um, yeah, people are going to say that. When you start saying trade Hughes, trade Patterson, trade Bezier, trade Demko, then it gets a little outrageous. And that's stuff that there's no need to talk about, you know. They're the young core. These are guys that are going to be part of this team going forward unless 
there's absolutely chaos and you know they demand trades and they want out then that's one thing no one said anything yet the team has said you know that they're 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 focused on improving focused on winning that's you know what they want you know there's talks of people in the locker room that are you know picking sides and there's like some sort of division between you know leaders and and whatnot you know we don't know exactly that's true there's been so many rumors flying out there that have just sounded you know ludicrous and that's part of our fan base getting the reputation that we have you know we're known as a toxic fan base because you know we'll bully players and you know we'll we'll say all this stuff and you know act like we never said it don't get me wrong we're devoted we're passionate just like any you know fan base is but you know we say a lot of things we put out a lot of rumors you know it's just the fact that there's so many rumors that have been spread to to people outside of you know Vancouver outside of BC you know when a lot of you know news outlets are are talking about stuff um talking about rumors that have come from you know anonymous or or burner accounts then then that's where you know we we get that bad reputation you know if if someone like Elliot Friedman says something like okay a player wants out it's somewhat trustworthy because it's Elliot Friedman a lot of what he says you know is true a lot of what he says is you know credible but if if you have an account that you know has no profile picture or it's like some kind of burner account and you it's obvious you know then you know they're saying oh i'm i'm over overhearing this or someone told me this or you know i happen to be at practice and hear this you know like the, a lot of that isn't trustworthy and that just you know gives us you know a bad name because when a rumor's out there and it's like disproved then it's like okay well all the people that retweeted this all the people that you know sent this to their friends then okay then what happens and it's unfair to the players you know that they're getting you know their name dragged in the mud and yeah certain players haven't been performing the way they should um you know guys like Elias Pettersson uh Brock Bezer you know haven't been you know playing like the way they've played in the past and there's a lot of reasons for for that um you know it could really be something that's you know in their head maybe it's maybe it is a coaching issue whatever it is you know i'm sure they'll figure it out at some point um but it's it just gives us a bad look you know when there's this much dysfunction off the ice as there is on the ice and i think with canuck fans you know, we've waited a long time, you know, to, to see something, you know, go our way. You know, I was born in the late 90s, and I was fortunate enough to, to, you know, to fall in love with hockey, you know, as a kid, and to really grow with the team, you know, as it, as it rose to, to, you know, the top. You know, we became a perennial contender, a team that everyone loved to hate, and, you know, got to watch the Stanley Cup playoffs, and the finals and go to game seven and yeah it was heartbreaking but we knew that one day it was going to go our way and 
we thought it was going to happen in 2015. We thought, again, it was going to happen in 2020. And it didn't. And those are the only two playoff appearances we've had under this Benning regime. And he told us, you know, he was going to take a few years, you know, to build a team. You know, he was, he was working with a lot of players that were coming from, you know, Mike Gillis's era. And he wanted to add his own own layer of, you know, creativity to this team. Has it worked? Not quite. Um, he has done a lot of good things, don't get me wrong. I'm not, like, the biggest betting defender, but, you know, he has helped bring some really good young players and prospects to this to his organization. Um, guys like Elias Pedersen and Quinn Hughes, Thatcher Demko, Brock Bezer, Niels Hoglander, Vasily Patkols in, and so on. Were they solely his decision? Not, not really. But there have been choices that he's made that have absolutely backfired. Trading Tyler Madden, who was it? Tim Schaller and a bunch of picks, you know, for... 20-something games of Tyler Toffoli. That was a head-scratcher. You know, when we found out that, you know, he didn't communicate with Toffoli. Same thing with Tanev. Same thing with Stretcher. Stetcher, sorry. Um, it just was a bad look. You know, the fact that he couldn't even give a heads-up to someone who was a warrior for this team in, in, in Chris Tanev. And someone who had chemistry with a lot of the players. And you can say that a lot of trust was lost in management and you're seeing a team that just looks lost and confused and just sluggish out there. And maybe they're waiting for something to happen. Maybe, you know, it'll take, you know, a coach being fired or for Benning to actually be fired. And I personally don't see Benning being fired. I think, you know, if his contract is up at the end of the season, they're just going to ride with him until the end of the season. And I feel like Travis Green's going to be the scapegoat. He's going to be the one that's going to possibly be fired if they go that route. And, you know, they're going to promote Shaw as the interim and then they'll reevaluate in the offseason. But it's really up to this team to, to buy in, to figure things out and to, you know, win games. And it's it's obviously easier said than done. But they have it within them, you know. This is a good team that was put together this offseason you know we we brought in you know Dickinson Pullman Halak Shen you know and a lot of other depth pieces you know we bring in Ekman Larson and Garland through trade you know and we give up you know a first round pick and then Roussel Erickson Beagle etc in terms of you know the structure of this team it's one of the deeper groups we've had in a long time, at least in this Benning regime. You know, we had three strong forward lines that we can, you know, roll out there and expect, you know, some kind of positive result. We have the addition of Vasily Podkolzin, you know, and the, you know, the, the expectations were high because he was such a promising player and he has looked good. He has looked like, you know, he's going to be a good player in the NHL. It's just, you know, him finding his way you know, and it's not easy to have, you know, success when, you know, you score a goal and then you're benched for the rest of the game. 
Brandon Sutter's been out uh, with COVID complications, or at least that's what's been told. Um, and I'm sure, you know, when he gets back in there, that's a strong, you know, veteran presence that's needed on this team. The penalty kill is atrocious. The power play is disgusting. It's just been a disaster for special teams. And, yeah, now we have Tyler Mott added into the mix for the penalty kill. That's definitely a big addition. But the power play especially has looked so dysfunctional. It's it's cut to the point where you have people like myself who have who are saying, you know, they can run this power play better in a video game. And that's quite true. You know, the power play that we're seeing in our life is pr- too predictable. And yeah, we have all our good young players, you know, stacked on one unit. Most cases, we have Hughes, Pedersen, Bezer, Miller, and whoever else. We know what's going to happen. Hughes is going to get the puck at the line. Pedersen's going to be ready for a one-timer. But when he gets the puck, he's going to hold the puck for an extra five seconds and not shoot it. And it goes back to Hughes. He's going to go, you know, to another direction or he'll give it back to Pedersen. It's the same thing all over again. And that's what's just been so frustrating because Pedersen can shoot the puck. We all know that. We know how lethal he is on the power play. Yet there's just something that's just phasing him that's, you know, in his head. And I really hope, you know, that everything's okay with him, that, you know, he figures it out and he gets his confidence back. I think it'll take, you know, a goal or two to kind of get him in the rhythm of things. You know, he's shooting the puck a little bit more, um, but, you know, he still looks like he's he's not the same player that, you know, at one point was a top forward in this league. And... We need our top guys to step up. We need them to be playing at the level that we know they can play at, you know, because for us to be, you know, 14th in the Western Conference behind teams that we can easily be beating, you know, it's, it's, I don't know what you want to call it. There's a lot of games to be played. Um, You know, it's the first time we're in an 82 game schedule in a long, long time. Um... But we need to win games now, you know. We can't be relying on this to happen and this to happen, you know, in February or March or April. We need to win games now because we control our own destiny. We can't rely on anybody else to help us out. We need to win games and keep, you know, the odds in our favor. And it's not going to be easy, um, especially when you're chasing all these teams. Um, Colorado's kind of in that second wild card spot and you know they have Nathan McKinnon now but they're finding ways to win games now so the Canucks need to you know figure it out see what they can do if they're really not going to be in a playoff position then I know players are going to be dealt um, at the deadline you know get prospects or picks and and go from there but if you need to figure out exactly what position this team is in you know are you going to go all in for the playoffs or if you're not in a playoff position just just say it you know rip the band-aid off let the fans know don't you know give them false hope when we're already realizing that you know things aren't going the way they should be um 
So I pretty much covered the schedule. You know what's happened this season. I don't really know what else you know to talk about when it comes to the Canucks. Um, a lot of it is confusion and frustration. I'm sure many say, share that same you know that same sentiment and 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 feeling towards the team. We deserve better. There's no other way of 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 saying it. Um, we keep saying you know the, there's light at the end of the tunnel, but you know that tunnel is getting increasingly longer. And you know we're in a position where, we're, you know, we're watching these games, but we're already knowing what the result is going to be, and it shouldn't be that way. You know we should be excited for every game, and you know expect you know a solid effort. But we're already being compared to some of the worst teams in our team's history, and we're going to be possibly one of the worst teams we've had if things don't get better and that's definitely unfamiliar territory for a lot of Canucks fans um, because we've been so lucky to see this team do well for such a long time but for the fans you know who are around you know for that late 90s downward spiral um, and saw you know all the chaos that happened when a certain uh, former Oiler and Ranger uh, joined this team but there's fans who've, you know, followed this team since puck drop in 1970 that, you know, are still waiting, you know, to see the Stanley Cup. And it's it's really sad because I see a lot of, you know, older fans at the game who are just so passionate and they don't know what's happening, you know, off the ice. You know, they're not on Twitter or, or Facebook, but they just know that, you know, the team's losing. You know, they, they read the newspaper like one guy told me. And, you know, he looks at the standings and he's disappointed because he sacrificed a lot to to become a season ticket holder and you know he wanted to watch them win a cup with you know his kids and his grandkids and maybe that day may not come and it had really made me uncomfortable and and sad because that can be a true reality for for many and i really hope for the sake of our sanity for the sake of our happiness and for our money that you know we do find you know ourselves in the playoffs again that's definitely where we need to start you know we can't say that we're going to be winning the cup when we can't even make the playoffs so let's make the playoffs first let's you know generate some kind of big playoff run and get back to you know the way that we were you know from 2008 to 2012 um we definitely have you know the 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 talent to do it it's just a lot of smaller things that need to need to happen you know for that puzzle to be complete and looking forward to future games obviously as uh probably while you're listening to this i guess we'll be playing against columbus we play boston on sunday we play montreal on monday so there we go another back-to-back against two very tough teams and then we play against ottawa i don't want to say it's a winnable game but that should be something that we work really hard to to win. And then we're back home for, I guess, a big homestand. Um, a lot of big marquee matchups in December. We got Penguins coming to town. Boston's coming to town. We got Maple Leafs in town. So December's going to be the month that we need to get some wins. Let's build a winning streak. Let's 
let's put ourselves in a position to win and to get into the playoffs. And definitely hoping that by the time I start recording, you know, these actual episodes, that there's a lot more optimism, a lot more excitement when it comes to Canucks hockey. But for the purpose of uh, today's test episode, um, I covered what I wanted to cover. Uh, I can already feel my voice kind of giving out now, so I'll be drinking water for the rest of the night. But thank you, anyways, for listening. Um, definitely give me any feedback. Be as harsh as you can be. I need to learn, you know, how to work with this, especially if I want this podcast to be successful. But um, this is definitely a start, something that I was excited to to do. Um, albeit, it's not the most happiest of topics, but it is something that is uh, passionate uh, to myself. I know it's passionate to you as well. So thank you for taking time to listen to this and I hope you enjoy it. Uh, like I said, just give me feedback and um, we'll, we'll get started on the Bold Choice show coming soon. Uh, continue to spread the word. Definitely something that's going to be special, especially going into the new year, new year, new podcast, new memories. Thank you. All right, here we go. This is the debut episode of the Bold Choice Podcast. I'm your host, Adrian Morrell. If we have not met already, it is a pleasure to meet you. Today's a day that I've been waiting for for quite a while, I'd say. Um, Exactly going back to the early quarantine days back in March of 2020, which is almost two years now, believe it or not. Um, This idea was floating around in my head around that time. Because a lot of us were home with nothing to do. You know, school had transitioned to online. A lot of workplaces had shut down. And there was only so much we can do on our phones. Only so much we can talk about with our family and friends. So a lot of us were looking for hobbies or things to do to pass the time. And for myself, this was exactly the same issue. I wanted to branch out and to grow as an individual. And... I thought to myself that there had to be a way for me to do that. And I believe that my biggest weakness at the time, and maybe even now, was doing something that I was not comfortable with. And that's public speaking. For those of you that know me, I am a very reserved and quiet individual. I usually keep to myself... Unless it's in a setting where I'm very comfortable with the people around me. And that could be at home, at a family function. It could be with my friends or it could be at work. Um, But definitely over the course of the last year and a half, maybe two years, I've definitely tried to make an attempt to become more social. And I think by establishing this podcast, it's going to help me grow. And I hope it helps you grow as well. This is not just a normal podcast Um, about a specific topic. I know there's a lot of those around here and I'm not trying to push myself to the top or anything like that. I'm just doing this because there's a lot I want to talk about. There's a lot that we should be talking about. And I hope that by using this podcast and using the platform I have with this, it gives me a chance to spread awareness about a lot of things that we should be talking about. So it's not just going to be a normal Canucks podcast or a hockey or sports podcast. I'll be talking about things that we should be talking about. And that's about 
things that are happening in our society. It could be about racism. It could be about being more inclusive and accepting towards different people. There's plenty of things that we can touch on. And I hope that this is a place where you can be a part of the process. You can send me whatever topics you want me to discuss. Send me whatever cases or or issues are happening that aren't being talked about enough. Later on in this episode, I will provide all the details you need to know about submitting whatever you want me to talk about. And eventually, maybe next episode, maybe two or three down the road, I'll incorporate a way where you can speak during this podcast, whether it be a way of calling or even answering questions, because I want this to be a place for everyone to to feel welcome, to feel accepted, to feel like they're a part of something special. And that's exactly what this is going to be. This is going to be a place where a lot of things change. Essentially why I want to call this the Bullet Choice Podcast, because there's not a lot of podcasts like that where a lot of things are discussed and a lot of opinions are heard and a lot of stories are told. So for the course of this episode, I'm going to start off small because we are starting from scratch. There's a lot of work I need to do behind the scenes. You'll see a lot more of the social media aspect very soon. We're going to start posting a lot more, promoting it a lot more and definitely put out the word. Let people know that there is a podcast out there that they may want to check out and maybe it's not for everyone it's not their cup of tea which is completely fine but might as well give it a shot right so for this episode I'm going to cover something that's very important to me and you'll soon realize exactly how passionate I am about this specific team Um, because if you don't know me already I'm a huge fan of this team, and I'm not going to say exactly who they are, but you probably have an idea by now. So I'll talk a little bit about them and what's happening on the ice and off the ice, so now you know it's a hockey team. I'll talk a little bit about some soccer, because there's a lot happening in the soccer world that isn't being talked about enough, and you'll see exactly why. And then... I'll shift gears into something completely different, and this will have to do with why this podcast has the name that it has, and we'll have a specific segment that goes into that, and I'm going to talk about something that I think is very controversial. You may even say it's a hot take of some sort, and I'll explain why I feel this way about it, and ultimately at the end, we'll wrap it up. I'll uh, I'll go into some detail about how to interact with, with me and this podcast. I'll provide all the social medias that you need to find and follow. And then, yeah, that'll be it. So without further ado, let's get right to it.